Welcome to Call Your Hits, a Storm Riders Airsoft podcast. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Today's episode is going to be a This or That with Phil and Pat, an old fan favorite where we look at some fictional choice scenarios, uh, some difficult situations, etc., and discuss which we'd rather be faced and sort of why. Um, before we dive into it, I just want to give a huge shout out to everyone who has been supporting our channel and our content, whether it's by engaging with it in YouTube comments, either by liking our videos, checking out our merch, or even becoming channel members like Hans has. Uh, all of these things make it possible for us to keep making the type of content we want to be making and that you seem to all value. So a big thank you to all of you, and we hope you love the show today. So let's dive in. So Pat, the first question that I have for you is a bit of a tougher one, at least I think so. You would and... ask me if I would quit Warhammer or play yourself, but that's... that's... Oh, well, how did you know? No, <laughs> nothing so silly. Uh, however, it it is... Would you rather have to play Airsoft using a three-point sling or no sling at all? Hmm. <laughs> oh, God. I hate both of these options. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, Pat, we have, we have a choice for you, yes? Oh, I'd like neither. No. Yeah. Uh, I'll still like take I said, it's a tough one. I'll still take the three-point sling um, over really? no sling. Yeah. Um, well, I guess I should qualify. Um, it's like I've definitely run the LMG without a sling, um, mm -hmm. and like that is really, if I'm being honest, against my better judgment at this point. Yeah. Um, but just because there were a couple of times this summer where I was like testing it and you know running it for a game or whatever, I just was too lazy to go get the sling from the uh, M27. Yeah, fair enough. You know, uh, don't do what Pat does, kids. This is not a new rule. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, I, um, in particular with the M27, like it's it's tuned so carefully and it's built so well that like dropping it is definitely not a thing I want to be doing if I can possibly avoid it. So, Certainly. yeah, I'll I'll take the three point. And I mean, even exempting like specific pieces of kit that I you know might attach it to, just you know you can still use a three point to brace your hand and to give you that sort of additional stability. Um, plus it gives you the ability to sling the rifle to do stuff. And I mean, increasingly over the summer, especially we like added new, um, and interesting kinds of objective play and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So the value of having it went up for us this year. Uh, and I already frankly thought the value of having a sling was do it right. Like, yeah. you know, this is um, why I think sort of this question is so tough. And I, I think the, the I when I was thinking about this question, I was like, this is a tough one because we talk a lot about how useful slings are in a variety of ways, and especially two-point slings in terms of being able, like you were just saying, being able to uh, throw it on your back so that you have your hands free, it, being able to release your replica from both hands if you need to, to draw a sidearm or to untangle your whatever whatever it is, right? And also as a shooting aid, I think there's there's a there's absolute value in able. Uh, in being able to stabilize your replica, stabilize your your shooting hand by you know wrapping your your hand around it with a two point, etc. Um, and in terms of fatigue as well, and I think the the three point certainly can can help with some of that. But it's just 
it's just so bad, right? Like, I mean, I find them, yeah, like, I find them really clumsy. Um, you know, it's definitely like I would pick a one point first for sure. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I ran one of those for ages. Um, I'm used to, I ran one with my M16, so like the M27 is not gonna bother me lengthwise there. Yeah, it's not as easy to handle, it's definitely not as good. Um, like, I have a really. <laughs> You know, at this point, you know, opinion bias, I don't know. I have a really strong view that I really, really like the two point that I'm using. Um, you know, you'd have to work very hard to convince me to even bother trying another sling. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, maybe not work very hard. Like if one of our guys showed up, ran it for a couple of weeks and was like, hey, this is really good. You should give it a shot just for the sake of it. I mean, I'll try stuff for the sake of the fun of it. Yeah. But like, and I mean, like, you know, how if you're trying to realistically, how, how, how meaningfully better could it be? Hmm. Right, like if you think about what our sling does, like we use a, the Ferro Concept Slingster, not a sponsor, obviously, clearly. But like you know, what I think there's listening? a Vickers. <laughs> yeah, I, I highly doubt that they are, to be honest. But regardless, <laughs> like if you know Vickers is a sling or the Viking, like or the the Vickers sling or the, the Viking sling or whatever, like they're adjustable two points. I think they pretty much all function the same way. It's just you know, yours is I think the Gen One. I might have the Gen Two. There might be a like, so it's a different like a better mechanism but like fundamentally like i don't think they're it's not going to be as groundbreaking i guess is where i'm going with this compared to going from a, a, a single point sling to a two point sling right yeah definitely i'm like the you know we've we both have uh two points that are sort of you know uh very modern two points with the slide toggle so like they're uh unless someone comes out with a new kind of two point sling that does something that isn't engaged there i think i'm pretty content um yeah but yeah, I'm, I've used three points on other people's gear. Um, and I can't say that I like them. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously I don't use one. If I liked them, I'd have bought one. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I find them, I find them pretty clunky. Um, but there are a bunch of replicas that I've run that like, you know, I mean, honestly at this point, including the two, four, nine, like when I over the summer, it was like, mm-hmm. oh, it's not working quite right. Like if I drop it, what's it going to do? Knock it into working. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But at this but, point, it's like, yeah, no, yeah. she 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 does the thing. We'd like you to keep doing the thing. We're not going to mess around with that by dropping it, right? But to be honest, like, you look at Cal. Cal doesn't use a sling, right? Uh, anytime we've done uh, a training, like a training day or whatever, he's not using a sling on, on his replica. And... Um, he's he's been fine with that i think some of the guys on the discord i think maybe matt doesn't run a sling either and if you were to give me the choice like i gave you the choice between a three point and no sling i'm not necessarily sure i would pick the three point because a lot of the things that we do that that i value at the very least on the field like being able to transition very quickly and stuff is not necessarily hampered by not having a sling although i will say that now that i'm exclusively on hpa not having a sling is a bit of a problem because it makes it a little bit slower if I want to like dump my rifle and like leave it somewhere. It's kind of it's kind of hard to just sort of leave it lying you're, around. Right? You're adding a step yeah. um, at a minimum. Yeah, I mean, like to to talking about Cal, like I I genuinely will add uh, for one, I think he's a lot more uh, willing to like be rough and ready with his airsoft kit than I am. Yeah, for um, sure. You know, and like he hasn't broken it doing that. So that's just my relative. Yeah, that's true. that's like, that's true, my yeah. relative sliding scale of paranoia. I think that that has mm-hmm. more to do with my uh, madness than his. Um, but also like, and I'm going to say this of you as well, like neither you nor crew has a knee that dislocates itself periodically just to walk with you. 
language yeah. just to mess with you. Yeah. You know, um, and like that was that's resolved really. Like, you know, I've got that sorted out, but um years of worrying about it have left me with just sort of an approach of worrying. <laughs> For sure. And right? you know, I think I think that's and, like, fair. I'm not <laughs> well, and I think that's some that's something that people need to take into consideration. Like if you are like like you are prone to falling over randomly for the last several years, or if you're someone who knows that you are clumsy, why would you not take additional steps to protect your kit? Right? I think I think that's a fair it's a fair way of thinking about it. And you know, we've again like we've taught slings to death. And if you've listened to our content before, first, if this is your first time listening to our content, there's really other things you probably should listen to first. But I digress. You know, you've listened to our content before. You know how much we value slings in general, let alone two-point slings. If you don't have one by now, you probably have your own use case, right? Yeah. You're probably like, no, I'm I'm actively choosing not to use one. And I have my reasons for for not doing that. And that's totally cool, right? But I think why this question is so so tough, I think, is is because of that value that we place on. And the fact that I'm prepared to not use one instead of using a three point, I think should tell you a lot about how much, how garbage I think they are. Um, now in, in the three points defense, which I also, you know, I don't want to jump too hastily to, but it's been many, many years since I've used one. And it, I think I'm more, you know, in tune with like my ready ups and stuff like that. than I was at when I was using, when I was using one a bit more seriously, you know, you're talking about a decade in the difference. So I'm also really, you know, maybe it's different, like very uh, explicitly and very bluntly that one of my first thoughts in terms of like, not would I do this, but like, how would I manage it after I go, okay, like, yes, I'd rather have the Mm -hmm. sling is like, I have paracord and like ripper tape in my bag and I may just turn it into a crummy two point. (laughs) Like, yeah, like let's, let's be clear here. Uh, you know, uh, I'm not convinced that like I'm taking the three point because of any of the features. I might be taking it because it is additionally long. Like if option yeah. three is a piece of rope that I can tie into my sling points, sure. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. So all be... right. <laughs> well, I mean, so now that we're modifying the question or whatever, perhaps it's time to move yeah, on to, to fair, another fair. one. You know. Um. <laughs> so here's a, here's another sort of uh, another challenging one, I think, and. Prompted by a lot of conversation that I've been having on Discord, but would you rather have to ditch your? Okay, so situation is you have to ditch your chest rate, right? And your two options are you go back to a plate carrier or you go strictly to a belt kit, right? And for the purposes of this belt kit, I will allow you some sort of like harness that goes on your shoulders to support your belt, but all of your kit is on your belt line. Okay, so I have to ask for a clarification there. So does that mean I'm migrating my tank for my HPA to the yeah, belt as well? All of it. All of it. Oh. Because yeah. like I've done that and I really don't like it. Um okay. like I found that super uncomfortable. Um I think if I were gonna do that, I'd probably go look for some kind of chest rig that I could buy. That or some kind of like play carrier, I guess, ugh, that I can buy. That mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm sort of spitballing here because I haven't looked at this stuff in a really long time. But like, if a plate carrier exists that I can put the mags and stuff that I carry on, and like put a hydration pack or something to carry my uh, my 
air bottle on. I guess probably that. Mm-hmm. But like um the answer for me is going to be like what kind of minimalist plate carrier can I find that is made not in like a uh a secondhand place in China that actually makes stuff in sizes for American, European, whatever, large people. Yeah. Um, because like the the biggest issue I had with the 6094 was not that the 6094 was like uncomfortable or bad as a design. Like I think it's a fine design of kit. Um, you know, like I moved away from it partly because the one I was wearing was sized for you. Yeah, yeah, for <laughs> right? sure. Like hundred percent. You know, and like I mean, people who uh are are long time, you know, listeners or viewers who've looked at our <laughs> our content before, like you can go back and look at the pictures of me. Like even even Skinny Pat was like, Yeah, I'm not sure that this chest plate would be protecting my organs. Like it's yeah, protecting some absolutely. of them, but you know. Yeah. Um and fundamentally what that meant was that like every time I was wearing that, it was cutting into my shoulders and my neck. And it just was super uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But um like for the long range play, I don't think there'd be anything wrong with the belt kit if I had somewhere else to put the HPA. Mm-hmm. Um, like if I can keep the, even if I can keep the backpack for the HPA, like a belt kit is fine. Like I've got a Molly belt. It can carry four or five mags. Um, there aren't a lot of games where we play at frontline that I end up using more than five in like a game. Yeah. Um, you know, I still prefer to carry the seven or eight that I carry on my vest just because we do play a couple of longer game modes where it's like, I I, I need more ammo helpful, you know? Um, and because I can be a slacker and be like, I don't need to reload in between games. I've got four four or five mags left, whatever. Um, you know, but if I'm trying to build a like kit that I think will work efficiently with the HPA tank and comfortably with the HPA tank, then I'm probably going to go with the plate carrier simply because it gives me more ways to store that. And I hated having it on my belt. Like, yeah, just, I was like, not because I was afraid that like it was going to get shot, but because I was afraid I was going to just like smack the, uh, regulator, regulator off of something and just tear yeah. it off. <laughs> you know, I think, I think that's a fair concern. Absolutely. I, I do. Although I will say on the discord, uh, several several people like matt for example only runs belt belt kit like that's that's it and he runs his tank on the belt but he uses a much smaller tank than we do right and so i think there's there's a world here with this particular uh sort of criteria where maybe the tanks that we're using are too big and you know like we use those tanks for convenience because that way we never have to you know gas up in between games typically right um, because if you have, you know, a 68 cubic inch tank, there's no way that you're going to run through that in like three hours of play. I mean, unless you're running the, mach- the, like the LMG and all you're doing is shooting constantly, 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 then yeah, maybe. But on a Kythera, oh, yeah. like I, mean, I realistically could get away with a much smaller tank and just maybe I have to reload, you know, uh, the, the tank. I mean, reload the tank, you know, every, every hour or something like that. And that would be okay. And like that's, um, yeah, there's a, yeah. a 100% argument for that. I mean, Cal runs a a much much smaller tank than we do with zero yeah. issues right he just refills it every couple of games um yeah and he runs a a gun as well with an engine in it well he's running the tipman right yeah. which uses a lot more gas yeah, yeah. it's than usually hugely less Kythera efficient than either of what we're running too, yeah yeah no or uh, or the um fusion engine like yeah and so 
I think when I was thinking about this, like I know I've seen on, on, on the discord and I've seen, you know, talk to Jordan and stuff like there's definitely a switch in there in many players sort of view around like macro kits, right. Instead of going for that micro, like we're, we've done or I've done at least it's about putting not necessarily as much kit on purpose, but like making sure that your rig has as much stuff as you're going to need. And you know, if that means 10 mags or it means two LMG box mags or whatever, like they're doing that. And, I definitely see the appeal in that context of having that belt kit because you can, you, especially when you have like a shoulder harness system, it allows you to distribute that that weight just fine. For sure, I and just like the, the yeah. minimalist kit thing, or you know, I mean, like you look at what John's been running uh, when he's yeah. not trying to maximize and just like carry every single thing. Um, you know, for years, just the the belt with a couple of mags. I think it works fine. I think it's a very effective, yeah. efficient kind of kit. Um, I think. Some of this may also like loop back to playstyle. Um, you That's know, true. Uh, John just is a faster guy than I am, and the lighter kit helps him in that respect. You know, um, like I'd probably if I toss back on a Cyrus, right? Like my like if I went and got my original plate carrier and tossed it on, I'm sure it would slow me down because it weighs like yeah. twenty pounds. Um, but if and I suspect this is the case. There's something in between those two things that's like, oh yeah, this is, you know, a reasonable plate carrier. Like honestly, something like if I could just get a 694, you know, like that fit me, sure, right? That's not a problem. I'd actually, I'd actually love to see you go back to your Cyraz for like a day or like a, you know, like give it the old college try. John has been tempting me with that good time as well with mine because I still have. I don't have mine, but I have maybe Evan's old one. I don't know. Somewhere up in the studio. Um, uh, And he's like, you should wear that for a game. And I'm like, I would rather die. But also, I'm kind of curious. Like, I I would just like to see it. I know my plate carrier is like, I used it for so many years. I don't even need to think about I could reach out to the guy who has it, I guess. Um, Like, I still know where it is. But I feel like the the hassle... (laughs) Yeah. Uh, is probably like, you know, I, if I'm going to do it, we need to like have a spare GoPro strap onto me so that people could just yeah, listen well, to me I, bitch for the entire day. <laughs> I, it would be, have to be for the art. There's no question. Right. Because, and uh, to be honest, the one that's up there is big enough. I'm pretty sure it'd fit you as well. Oh, yeah. But I like, mean, it, it's, it's like when I wore the World War II kit uh, that John had, you know, its expectations are zero. Like, and this is going to, I don't even know how to reload a Thompson. Like, I have no idea where the mag catch is. And he did not tell me, let's go. Right. Uh, yeah. So it would be sort of that similar situation for sure. My, yeah, my view is really like, I mean, I, I do it. Like if you want to, if you want to toss some mag pouches on the one that's there and we can see if we can size it to fit me, I'll run that for a game for the laughs and, you know, we can take video of it and come back and do an episode about why I hated it. <laughs> imagine though, you imagine know, like, a world where you're like, I actually didn't hate it. I mean, that would be fun. Ima- like, right. Know? And like, I, and there are definitely perks to it like there were things i liked about the cyrus um most of those things were really just like the fact that i could use it like I, that i had so much real estate that it was just like eh, i've got everything like i'm I'm literally doing the hermit crab thing my entire house is on my back like yeah um you know and i don't think that was efficient for what we were doing and i don't think it's efficient for what we're doing now but like if i were playing all day milsim games where i really needed to be humping a lot of gear because that was the design intent of the scenario. I could see the value. 
Um, yeah. At this point, I think I'd probably just bring like a day pack instead, but I can see the value. Um, to be honest, if if we were doing like an all day self supported milsim sort of situation, I'm not sure I wouldn't actually go for a belt kit. Belt kit instead, excuse me, and build it the way that the guys have been showing. Where because I've been I've been sort of belt kit curious in the last little while, sort of in my thinking about uh, how to set up my own kit. And the way that they have it set up, firstly, is very is very comfortable. Like the the look. Uh, the the not the look excuse me but the, like the the setup that they have with the load bearing equipment on their shoulders really good like the weight distribution is excellent which means you can carry a lot of kit and not feel like you're hunching your back forward or, or totally. what have I mean, you like, I've run right? my so like the I haven't run a pile of stuff on it to be clear you know but the Molly belt over tack belt that I have I've run that with the suspenders that you and I both have I'm like it's mm-hmm. super comfortable. Um, and it could definitely take, you know, like, I, I mean, I've had it, you know, with my sidearm and like a mag pouch or not a mag pouch, a dump pouch that's completely full of mags on it and a few other mm-hmm. things. And like, that was fine. So I can definitely see it being comfortable. Um, I like when you posed the question, I definitely wasn't thinking, oh, like I could go buy a smaller tank, but yeah, I definitely could go buy a smaller tank. I could go, um, you know, adjust the way I'm carrying my air and run it and i think it'd be fine um i'm not motivated to do it because i really like my chest rig um you know like it it literally has given me zero problems i have no complaints about it but i can definitely Mm -hmm. see the like the thought process you're going through there part of it also is like you know again to loop back to what i was saying with john like you're a smaller quicker guy like you know i i have questions about how much the plate carrier is really going to impede me by being big and heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, That's true. You know, yeah. like, do I need to toss it on while I do some cardio? Probably, you know, uh, could I stand to do that with the, with the chest rig too? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, maybe just skip the chest rig or the plate carrier, just do the do cardio. The cardio. Maybe, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Like, you know, but I think I feel pretty positive about like the idea of using um, a belt kit. If I, could get this stuff squared and i mean realistically like one of the things that's pretty obvious here is that you've talked to people who are doing it and thought about oh yeah how would i do that and i really haven't yeah um, yeah for sure you know and the first thing i'm throwing I would... you under the bus right well like... no but like <laughs> but the first thing i would do is literally go hey discord who runs belt kits show me yeah right like yeah, exactly hey guys right. what do you do and especially you know like who here runs a belt kit in hpa how have you got that set up right uh because they've got experience with it and have tested it great perfect give it to me show me how to do it right um you know and like again i definitely carry more mags than i need most of the time right that for Um, what we do for sure and like especially i think if i were going to switch that kit um i would take advantage of one of the things my gun can do and i would up the fps to like actual dmr limit for where we play zero Mm -hmm. in lock it out at single single and like semi semi and just go, okay, this playstyle doesn't need as much ammunition. Carry on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? I have the, the option to do the luxury of doing that. You know, like the LMG, fine, I'll run a build kit. What's going to be on it? An air tank? Cool. Yeah, and, <laughs> and like maybe a spare box bag, who yeah, knows? A, right? a spare box bag, yeah. if I, once I buy one, like, cool, no problem. Yeah. <laughs> this is easy. <laughs> All right, so... I've got another question, another question lined up now with a bit more serious this time. 
Let's assume that Bill C-21 had happened and included Airsoft, uh, and basically Airsoft became unplayable, right? Would you prefer to switch over to paintball or just basically abandon the action sport hobby part of your life? So I'll be honest with you. I think there's a third option that I feel is much more likely to have been the outcome. Mm-hmm. Um, so my expectation really is that what I would be doing, assuming that this weren't covered in the law, and I don't think they'd be able to adjust the law quickly enough to keep up with it, um, which yes, does put me sort of in like maybe a malicious compliance kind of situation here, but like is I would be doing what, you know, uh, the lovely folks who six millimando plays with are doing. And I'd just be like, all right, well you say it can't look like a real gun. Can it look like a las gun from 40 K? Can it look like a bolter? Like, how many parts do I have to 3D print to put onto this before it's not an airsoft gun the way you guys have just made it legislatively illegal to use? Because that's what I'm going to do. Peace. Yeah. Um, You know, like, and I'm more comfortable with that (laughs) than, you know, you might think. Um, If the choice is strictly airsoft doesn't exist anymore would you stop playing action sports or would you go start playing paintball my answer is i don't know because i haven't played enough paintball in like 20 years to have an impression of it Mm -hmm. um and because honestly when last i was interested in playing paintball like you were playing paintball and yeah i surmise that the equipment that is used to play it has probably changed sometime since we were in high school um yeah you know so like i know um, just as an example from like chatting with some of the local guys who have come over from paintball or who do both, uh, you know, like the uh, magfed paintball guns seem cool. Like that doesn't seem terrible. Um, uh, this also gets a lot easier because I am on HPA right now. So like, I don't have the tank and rig buy-in. Like I can just buy a gun, I guess. A marker. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I'd be lying to you if I said that like it's as it's as appealing as the first thing. Like I would much rather go just you know convert my airsoft rifles to look yeah like some sort well, of cool be space honest, gun and carry on. Um, I think it, it's funny that you bring that up because I, I never really considered that um, when I was creating the question. I know some people had talked about it during some of the C twenty one days and talked about you know oh well what if we make our you know uh, our plasto blasters look like nerf guns or, or or whatever else which is fair i just you know to, to think about that situation logically like yeah you would have done that because like who doesn't love a last gun right um, yeah right or, i don't think the imperial guardsmen particularly care about their last guns but that's yeah. the point. um you know like but i think the reality is i don't think you would have seen a mass transformation towards that like if you look at our community right now who play airsoft you know the 40 50 guys in our community how many of them actually would have bothered to go through you probably it would have taken some time and you probably wouldn't have gotten that whole conversion right so in my mind i was thinking like even if that happens it's probably not going to be like it was you know i'm actually more optimistic than you are um about that i think that if you looked at um you know, the local community or just the Canadian, really, um, airsoft mm-hmm. community. So you look at how much money there is in Canadian airsoft. I think there's absolutely a market there for um, 
or a sufficient that there would be a market there for people to go, all right, we're going to, you know, approach the manufacturers and be like, okay, it's it, this is what's illegal. What can we do? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and I think that if you look at, um, you know, most of the star Wars movies used, um, real world stuff with tons of pieces stapled on as the basis for their, uh, for their guns. So like, yeah, yeah, I think there's a lot of room there for just, yeah, we're going to make other stuff that works. I think it might take, have taken a couple of years. Um, you know, but I also know how quickly some of the people who I know can, uh, can throw together something in CAD to be 3d printed and 3d printed, right? Like, you know, Hey Pat, do you want a bolter to go around your M27? Sure. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and like, I don't think that's an ideal solution. I'm way happier with, with the current outcome. Yes. No question. Yeah. I, I would personally be a lot more likely to look into that and try to promote that here than I would be to go. Uh, hey, let's go play paintball. And I mean, part of that, honestly, is that um, I've always thought <laughs> that paint for paintball seemed like hideously expensive. And I've always been like, man, how? Yeah. Um, and that's not a criticism to any of the paintball folks out there. It's just a like, that's that's real money, um, you know, yeah, but definitely. Um, yeah. And like, I haven't played enough paintball to be able to go like, oh, yeah, sure. I also do other combat sport stuff so like yeah you know there's also if i'm being honest a real world where they're like well you can't do this anymore and i'm like well i guess maybe i will just have to think about putting the time the same like the time that i dedicate to airsoft stuff into hema into you know some sort of other like analogous thing that i'm still allowed to do um yeah you know that's I, I that's where that's where I was landing with all of that. Like I you know, not that we were ever doom and gloom about it, but it, it could have been a possibility, right? Totally. And I think if you gave me the scenario between okay, listen, now you have to play paintball. That's the only form of like action sport hobby that that you can get. I'm not sure I would have I would have done that, right? For a variety of different reasons, not least of which, like you just pointed out, that paintball is very expensive to play. And like, if I went into paintball, I would want to be using first strike rounds. I would want to be using a mag-fed uh, paintball marker, right? Like, yeah, we have a tank. Like, we agree on this, but I think, yeah, and I think we both just described the most expensive way to play paintball. <laughs> like, yeah, and so know, not sure, but I have my suspicions. Yeah, and, and I really, to be honest, like for me, the appeal from airsoft in terms of like replica manipulation and all this kind of stuff, like the way that we play and the ranges, I mean, airsoft ranges aren't amazing, but it's night and day compared to paintball. Right. And so fundamentally it's a different game altogether. And I know some people really, really like it. I know Jeremy on our team loves, you know, paintball. He loves uh, what they call MPP, you know, mad pump pistol, uh, paintball games. They have a, they have a great community. And stuff. I just, you know, having played a, a fair amount of it 20 years ago, admittedly, it's not really, I, I don't really think that that's something I would want to go back towards. And um, being a, a being an adult, uh, like you described, like there's a lot of different hobbies, a lot of different things that compete for our attention, yeah. right? Not least of which our you know our jobs are you know uh, in my case you know my spouse, my house, my chickens, like everything that require a fair amount of time. Like it's not that airsoft consumes 
that much time. Although in, in, in my case, like there's a lot of ears off to Jason stuff like this content creation, whatnot, not necessarily sure that I would be wanting to reinvest that time into, into paintball for me. I think one of the things also that would run off for both of us is going, well, you know, having our kit burned in the sense of like, you know, right now, if I want to change a piece of my kit out, like if I want to change any of my airsoft replicas out for a different replica, it's very easy for me to just convert them without taking any money out of the sport or putting a whole lot more in. Yeah. Um, you know, as long as I'm like, I can sell the LMG and then buy an LMG and, and HPA unit to go in the LMG, et cetera. Right. Um, if all of my replicas, uh, suddenly become these can't ever leave the house other than to be destroyed, then it sort of also becomes a, well, do I want to invest in paintball? If they did this to airsoft, are they going to do this to paintball? Um, do I have, you know, however much a mag fed marker for strike rounds and mags cost? And like, you know, um, I like at a bare minimum, I'd be like, I think I'm going to go like bum some gear from Jeremy and his friends and try this. Cause like also I think paintball feels a lot closer to like door kicker CQB. That's, that's, that's what it is in my head. I'm like, I'm, I don't, I am play paintball again, like far longer even than Phil. So what do I know? But like, I'm not playing at the CQB field, right? Yeah. Like that's not my favorite mode of play. So for them to go, okay, you know, you can't play airsoft. Do you want to play paintball? The answer is I definitely have to try it first. Yeah, that, no, I think that's a, that's a fair that's a fair way of looking at it. But I, it comes down, you know, the big thing I just think about. It's like, do I have a car payments worth of paint available to buy every month? Because, you know, fundamentally, like if I want to shoot yeah, a thousand paintballs, right? Yeah, that, like that's, that's, that's uh, you know, a case brutal. of paint is like a hundred and something, $150 or something for a case of decent paint. And that's just paint. That's not for strike rounds, right? Like if I want to, if I want to shoot two, a thousand for strike rounds, it's like $250 or something like that's expensive. So, yeah, so it's going to become yeah, it's like 25 cents a shot or something. So uh, at that point like, it's also yeah. going to just straight up become a thing that it's like, well, we can't do this every week, right? Like, yeah, exactly. We're not doing yeah. this every week. Um, not that I, we really do but in the summer maybe <laughs> i mean fair but like you know in the summer we try to go like once or twice once a, yeah. I, we try to go twice a month two or three times more if we can manage you know um like to be honest with you um a, a third alternative that i think might have just been a viable thing for our interests and like relatable is just like do you want to just go buy a 22 and get a range permit because that's cheaper than the paintball and it probably is actually a little close to what we like would enjoy <laughs> yeah but we can't shoot each other 22 so uh, there um, is that well i mean you can shoot me you once know, maybe we get laser guns instead. <laughs> um yeah i mean like go buy laser tag <laughs> yeah exactly um but like also uh yeah you know i'll i'll get two we can we can 3d print two bolters to to wrap around the guns that we mm. <laughs> right like um yeah i I didn't spend too long thinking about what we were going to do if C21 like passed as was um, because I didn't feel like there were a lot of good outs and I didn't want to dwell on it. Yeah. And that's fair. I think, and to be honest, nor did I, I think I spent more, more time convincing other people to write government and stuff and we don't need to rehash it, but I mean, that's, and that's, I that's a more productive energy was well time. spent. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. So speaking of productive use of our time, let me ask you a fun question. Then. <laughs> 
Um, would you rather have a replica that aesthetically is everything you want, but it underperforms? Or a replica that looks stupid as hell, whatever that means to you, but is an absolute nail driver? Oh, that's tough. Because, like, I love the Garand. And it definitely underperforms relative to the M27. Mm-hmm. But I love the Garand. Because okay, look but at it. I, yeah, but your M27 aesthetically also is baller. Oh, yeah. And it's a nail driver. There's, there's that so, too, like... right? Yeah, like, it's it, that doesn't even, I guess, qualify. Um, yeah, I mean, like, the problem there is that we're, like, getting into, like, spray painting it blaze orange and, like, hazard blue. Uh, to make it look bad enough that I'm not willing to run the uh, M27. Um, like, there aren't a lot of actual guns that it could be a replica of that I'm like, this is so dumb, I won't touch it. <laughs> and, like, how bad would it have to be for you to look at the M27 knowing that it's a nail driver and go, no, I'm not using yeah, that? Yeah, I'll be honest with you. Like, you probably could spray paint it blaze orange, like Hunter Orange, and I'd be like, eh, whatever. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yes. Like, Pat, people yeah. are going to be able to see you. Yeah, but I'm going to be able to reach them and they're not going to be able to reach me. The hell with it, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think I probably do come down on the side of like, I'd rather have a really good uh, rifle or replica, rather, that like does everything I want it to and works all the time um, than something that's like inconsistent and meh, um, but looks baller. I knew, yeah, I knew the answer to this question. Because I think we've talked about this a lot. Like, we value performance basically over everything. And there's, like, if the replica was everything that I wanted to, but it underperformed, I would just want to bend it over my knee after a game when I'm like, this, it, like, I would get so frustrated with it. Yeah, like, you've I mean, seen the, me be frustrated I mean, the with question, my kit when it's not working. The question really, like, for you especially, actually boils down to, like, would you rather have a really cool wall hanger that you look at and think is awesome and never play? Or have your primary be, like, shitty looking. Yeah. Because you're not going to do... Like, you're not going to enjoy playing with a replica that shoots badly. Uh, Yeah, exactly. We have have tested it, especially... And, like, you specifically were like, not badly, inconsistently. Right? Mm -hmm. Like, because... I mean, we both know this. Like, it's, it's actually easier to work with a gun that is performing consistently meh than a gun that's sometimes brilliant and sometimes not. Yes. Um, yeah, definitely. You know, like if it's okay all of the time, sure, fine, right? Like, you know, um, in the sense that, like, I would rather, yeah, I would rather run a like go buy a raider and run it for a season than run a gun that was sometimes shooting perfectly and other times shooting terribly. Yeah, because if you know that realistically your effective range is a hundred feet all of the time, but within you- that hundred feet, you can put a BB on target you know, one or two BBs on target when the first couple of shots consistently, you can work with that. Yeah, totally. But if you don't know, is this going to shoot or is this not going to shoot or is it going to fly off or is it going to go straight or am I in range or am I not? Like it makes it very challenging. And that I find is, well, you've talked about this, is so frustrating. The other thing too, I, mean, I would say is while you're using it, you can't see how cool or uncool your gun looks like. Really? Yeah. No, right? Like right. you're... I, I don't know about you, but when I play airsoft, I don't spend a lot of time looking at my replica. I am looking everywhere, well, through my sight, surely, but, you know, everywhere else. Like, I'm not looking, being like, man, what a sweet paint job. I'm like, no, that guy's over there, and I got to shoot him. Pat, you do this. Like, totally. I'm like, right? I, so I yeah. want my, you know, like, I mean, in terms of, you know, 
like bottom line actually in terms of the replica like oh looking cool versus like effect like efficacy one of the things i'm doing between now and the next season is painting my gun camo mm-hmm. i think it looks cooler as is i think airsoft guns and real steel guns look cool when they're black and just like that you know industrial... right well that's our show everyone thank you so much for listening we'll talk to you next week <laughs> his problem um well i mean i i think we i i've i have a very strong opinion about black painted about excuse me uh guns that are unpainted and left black so i mean that that was a joke that i was i mean fair enough but like it's you know it's an aesthetic (laughs) thing i think aesthetically Mm -hmm. i think they look cool in a like bad guy industrially kind of way you know or like james bond kind of way whatever right um do i know that painted guns practically speaking give you a genuine real advantage in airsoft yes absolutely i've experienced yeah. it or at the very or at the very <laughs> least l- zero drawback yeah for sure right like they're like you play a cqb game yeah the paint job whatever yeah right? like they're they're neutral in some situations and beneficial in others sure right yeah. like but um yeah i mean one of the things we've we've talked a bit about is just that you know i'm gonna try to run the m27 more next season and really if i'm gonna run it i should be leaning into i bought 0.36 bbs i bought heavier weight ammunition I'm going to lean into just like the fact that it can shoot forever. And if I'm going to do that, then yeah, painting the gun is kind of a no brainer, even though genuinely it's a little hard for me to do. <laughs> you'll get, Silly, you'll get right? over it. Oh yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> um, you know, it's just funny. Uh, now we just need to get you all, all gillied up. And then, you know, what that, that, that first game where you like, you're concealed, you're in like a bush, You've got perfect concealment because of the camo that you're wearing and your gun is painted. And then someone looks at you directly and doesn't see you. And then you, you, you like drive a BB into their forehead or whatever. You'd be like, yeah, totally worth it. Like, I, I know that that's going mean, to be just a perfect I, moment. I mean, like, I'm absolutely willing to like scrim my, uh, my hat or whatever. Uh, like I look enough like a Wookiee. We do not need to go full ghillie suit. <laughs> yes, <laughs> just, that's, that's fair. You know, as much fun as you getting to say, get this walking carpet out of my way will be. Um, yeah you know but yeah like i think um i think it's yeah it's a it's a real thing where like i need to i mean i've already started you know i I spray painted my uh my backpack earlier this season or at the end of that Mm -hmm. towards the end of last season rather uh and just the fact that i did that is going to be or has already been useful so yeah i definitely feel like doing the same thing you know i might um i want to pick up a second line anyway just as a like having a spare uh, and i'm probably gonna buy it from well i'll either buy it from andy's in which case it'll be black or if i buy it from amped i might just get a like tan one like or a green one like a camoed one because they do sell camo ones, you know yeah that's also probably true not a thing i thought about but like i can't see any as long as you cover up the connectors i don't see any reason yeah you just wouldn't. just tape up the connectors yeah. and just just hit it with paint Too yeah touche. i wouldn't, yeah, uh, wouldn't worry about that um so so yeah, you know, I, th- I think I think it's a good idea, and, and you know we've sort of drifted off the like stupid looking guns, but I, the, you know we've we've talked about it a lot. I think, before, I think people but... are okay with, if we're occasionally talking about something useful. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. You know, I think let us know. Yeah, if we're not. camouflage. <laughs> yeah, camouflage is so critical, and there's you know s- small changes make a, make a big difference. Like I think you know you just constructively, I think some of the camo that you wore last year, like you there's like this like a smock Denison smock top that you wear. Yeah, the uh, U.S. Woodland one. Yeah, uh, no, no, not that one. There's another one that's more like brown that you've worn before. I don't oh, know yeah. if it's a smock or an yeah, yeah, the or whatever. Para... Like, yeah, yep. that's not 
great camo, right? Yeah. I mean, I, to, be honest, blank, to right? be honest with you, most of the reason I wear it is that it's super freaking comfy. Yeah, for sure. And so, you know, there, there's absolutely a, a part there where it's like, okay, well, am I right, wearing the right camo for my environment? And I think once you get that dialed in for yourself and then you, you know, to toss on a boonie with scrim and stuff, you'll be able to really uh, utilize parts of the field that are uh, further away. You're also going to be concealed. It's, I, I think it's going to be really excellent for you this, this season. Obviously, not all games, like playing that village game or even on the road maybe a little bit dicey but any game where we're like in the woods uh you know in like black um, black hawk to like big fort you know yep. for you the guys who are local who are listening to this that means something to you but those have a lot of opportunity for you to maximize your concealment which is not you know in my opinion based on our experience playing together it's not something that you as a bigger guy have done a whole lot of yeah no right it's uh it's gonna be um skill building for me right like you know i've talked to to cal about it also in a like how do i how do i improve my cover utilization here like what can i do about this and you mm -hmm. know uh if, <laughs> the answer is like partly be less lazy like you know just definitely you know um but also yeah like um i would say be more mindful that's i think a kinder way i of, mean yeah uh, totally like I, and putting it I mean, possibly both like but um it's weird to say this but i feel like some of it is bad habits from redcliffe even though redcliffe was ages ago because i haven't addressed this as an aspect of my play right like redcliffe you're either in cover or you weren't like the cover was either really really good or it didn't exist um yeah. and i got super comfortable with like walking under my own fire to move around right or running under my like running while shooting to move around um, and I just don't think I've done a good job of like thinking out or feeling out how to do this stuff at the field we've been playing it over the last five years. And that's definitely mm -hmm. on me. Um, but yeah, no, I, um, like I'm my airsoft budget for the coming season. Like we talked about is like, I, I've, I've been looking at, um, like a lower profile, like a, an Oakley M frame or something with a seal. And I do mm -hmm. think that's a really good idea. So I'm going to do it, but a lot of the rest of it really boils down to like concealment stuff. Right. So um, like, I'm going to give the M27 hoodie a try just cause it's a significantly different camo and see how it works. I'm probably going to pick up a couple of more, like not necessarily hoodies, but like a couple of more pieces of just like options for camo based on time of year and stuff and try to actually dial what I'm wearing in a bit more like the, uh, the trousers I'm wearing are OD and they seem to work fine. Right, like yeah, you know, yeah, I, wouldn't worry I don't about think that. there's any yeah. issue there, but uh, yeah, I need to put a little more care into what I'm wearing on the top of me. Um, put a little more thought into what I'm wearing in terms of like boonies, hats, whatever, for concealment purposes as well. Um, maybe take a look at what I'm using for my ear pro hearing stuff and like figure out if there's a way to shrink those so they fit under a hat instead of over it, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, no, it's definitely, it is on the mind. It is things I want to try for this season. Um, because really like, you know, I don't need to go buy another gun. Um, definitely. You know, I mean, I still need to, sell, I need, still need to sell one of them. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the airsoft budget probably doesn't need more airsoft guns in it, but I genuinely have been. And, you know, I don't really won't even really say I regret this. Like, 
you know, but I, I've definitely made an active choice the last two seasons to put a lot of money into the M27 and then the 249. So they're good. They're doing the thing. That's great. Um, but I haven't thought about my camo in a while. Uh, I haven't thought about how I'm camouflaging or why or like effectiveness there. I think partly yeah. because, as you noted, like it's not that useful when we're playing um, village games. And I'm like, yeah, so like I don't care. Has <laughs> been kind of the thought process, and I don't think that's smart of me. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, one one crisis at a time, too. But I think what you're talking about now actually leads in perfectly to the last question that I had for us today, um, which is: Would you prefer to be completely confident in your airsoft skills with no ability to critically evaluate your performance? Right, I am the airsoft god, or constantly suffer from lack of confidence and never be able to feel like you're good at airsoft. I mean, um, not to not to put too fine a point on, but like you know which one of these I am already. <laughs> yes, yeah, okay. Because um, I'm glad because this when I wrote this, I was like, you know what? I think I'm the latter as well. Like, so yeah, you know, like ask the ask the person with uh, you know depression issues whether or not they have experienced feeling like they're never good at anything. Um, you know, I'm like I'm aware just so that like people are clear here. Like I, I'm aware that I'm a pretty good airsoft player, but like, I often don't feel like I'm at all a good airsoft player, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? And like, I mean, maybe that's useful for people, right? Like whether you're old or new, you're, you're going to have games. You're just like, well, I am terrible at this, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, I, I, sometimes I go out and it's like, you know, sometimes it's late in the season and I'm like, oh yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm practiced up. I'm feeling myself. Things are going well. And I'm just like, well, I have been shot in the face 17 times today, all of those times within the first 30 seconds of the game starting, and most of them by our team. <laughs> you know, hey, Steph, yeah. stop shooting me in the nose, etc. Right? Like, you know, I know it's, it's big. It's, it's a big funny. target. I get it. But like, really? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's um, it's not that big, but right? Yeah, no, like, Cyrano or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but like the, the critical thought piece is really valuable. You know, I'd much rather... Yeah uh at anything you know like being a uh, at least a little bit introspective being a person who is self uh self-critical and who thinks about what they're doing and whether or not they're doing things right is always the right play you know um and like there's some irony in sitting here talking to you and going yeah like i haven't really thought about my camo in a few years and going well we talk about how you need to reevaluate your kid but like you know really until this season you also weren't looking at me being like man you really need to rethink your camo stuff and i don't think that's like a fault in either of our approach it's just a like oh yeah you know sling's good boots good you know and then we do stuff where you and john play around with camo like we've done videos where you guys talk about it and i was like oh man like i should do something to like make sure my stuff is good and then uh, to be honest with you, more exciting things such as HBA my M27 wandered by, and I was like, "Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent." You know, there's only certain you know there's only certain <laughs> amount of things that you can actually critically look at at any given time and actually improve on. Totally right. I think you know whether it's your camo, whether it's just like we could rattle off a list of of things that you know we need to improve on. The reality is we can only realistically work on like actually focused work on like one at a time let's say right i think what's really interesting and, and the reason that that i i wrote this question is because like i was saying we're, jo- we're jokingly like you know we definitely or i definitely feel and i think many many of us who play airsoft are 
you know, um, fall into this trap of like, why do I suck at airsoft? Right. It's a constant question that comes up. See it on the discord, people talking about it all the time. I mean, people, fundamentally, people use like, it as a clickbaity title title on their, on their YouTube stuff, right? Like, you know, yes. And spoiler alert, we might be, we might be doing just that. Well, but you know, fair beside enough. the point, I think, um, <laughs> when it comes to, you know, your, your airsoft skills, like I think if you're the kind of person who thinks like you're, you're the best, you're hot shit, you, you know, you don't, you, you don't make any mistakes. Everything is dialed in. Chances are you are probably either very, very new and you don't know how much you don't know, uh, or you're just completely oblivious to, you know, everything else that's going may, around you, which is possible because I introduce you to like the idea soon, of hubris. <laughs> well, it's only hubris, hubris if they're wrong. P.S. <laughs> I'm wrong uh, all think, the time. <laughs> I, th I think the challenge, though, is that when when you do take an approach where you start to critically evaluate and you try to ed educate yourself, you naturally fall into this like, oh, my God, I don't know anything about anything. Right. You you know, the magnitude of all the all the learning that's in front of you um, is just is just laid bare in front of you. And you're like, oh, my God, I don't know anything. And then you start to, to feel that way where it's like, oh, I I can't possibly be good. Well, I mean, right? to, to to step aside from like airsoft specifically, specifically for a second, you know, um, like I paint toy soldiers. Um, when I paint something and I look at it, I'm like, oh, it's you know, right. And then my friends are like, yeah. but it looks really good. And I'm like, but it's not these people who do this for like 60 hours a week and get paid a lot of money to do it good. And it's like, yeah, but you aren't those people, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. Um, the really i think actually just a useful thing to have in your brain is and I've, I've probably said this at some point in the episode before but um the the biggest hurdle to teaching especially adults um as an like in art class is that everyone shows up and they like they draw and they're like okay so it's better than a stickman like a stickman but it's not like da vinci's drawings of the human body therefore it's absolute garbage and i have no ability to do anything with this and you're mm -hmm. like okay but the person you're using as your uh, your comparison point was taught by literal masters from the age of like six and certainly racks up in one of the like 10 best people in human history at drawing. Maybe that's not a, a fair comparison. So it's, it's, if you're going, well, I'm the best at this, you're, you're probably wrong. But yeah. if you're going, I'm like, don't get me wrong. Like I, both of us do it. I know. Cause I've talked to Phil after days where he's like, oh my God, I just, why, I'm useless at this. What the hell? Yeah, I can't do anything right. right. And like, yeah. he's, he's talked to me in the same circumstances. All right, fair enough. But, you know, that's <laughs> both of our job there is talk one another down. That's not reality. Reality is, oh yeah, he had an off day. Right. And yeah. also, like, it, it, there are situations, it doesn't matter how good you are. There's eight people on the other team and all of them are holding down auto. BB has hit you. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like oh, Captain well. Picard said, like, it is possible to make no mistakes and still lose, hmm. right? That doesn't mean you're bad. That just, that's how things happen. That's reality. Like... I think, yeah. And, and, you know, coming back to it, I think, you know, the, the, the question of like constantly suffering from lack of confidence. Like, yeah, if you're going out to the field and you're like, you're getting disappointment after disappointment after disappointment after disappointment. Firstly, why are you still doing this? But also on the flip side of that, like, how constructively are you looking at the situations that you find yourself in to give yourself the opportunity to get better? Yeah, like you don't want to, right? Because if you don't want to go play yeah, and just like, beat yourself up all day, every yes, day, right? totally. Like, I mean, if you're dealing with like, 
a mental health issue where you suffer from lack lack of self-worth in a general context that's not really what we're talking about here that's totally. you know there are people who can help you with that and you should avail of them but for for our context like if you feel like you you constantly not being good you have to come up with at least a plan to get you out of that either that is um well i don't think i really want to keep doing this anymore because i'm not enjoying it which is a hundred percent legit that can happen to anybody at any time you could do this for 10 years and on the 11th year you're like you know what i don't think i enjoy this anymore that happens right but if that's not you then it has to be the other thing which is like okay how how am i going to improve and what are the metrics that i'm going to look towards yeah. to say whether or not i'm actually getting there, there there's a right? distinction between reflective practice in anything which is very Definitely. useful and very helpful and being hypercritical of yourself um, and just browbeating you know, yourself yeah, for like, no reason. You know, yeah. Um, we are we are both here having tested and tried the latter option to tell you that being reflective is much better. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right? absolutely. Like we've uh, we've done the testing. Uh, you know, uh, my favorite thing to say to students is learn from my stupidity. <laughs> there you go. Right. Like yeah. this is a dumb thing I've done. Don't do it. Um, and to, and on the flip side of that, I think it is possible for you to be confident in your abilities. And still recognize your own limitations and be like, I'm confident in my abilities, but I am not going to emerge victorious in this situation. Totally. I've, I mean, That's not I have lots of, necessarily a bad thing. It's just a statement I have of lots fact, of days right? of or at least your perception. I have lots of days of airsoft where, I'm, where I feel that I'm a good, competent player. And also where I'm like, well, there are three people left on the enemy team and I am about to get smoked. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly right. right. Like, <laughs> what can you do? Nothing. Yeah. So I think when it comes down to whether we'd rather be, uh, you know, uh, oblivious to our own failings or whether we'd be more acutely aware than we would like to about our um, lack of self-worth, I'd definitely pick the, the latter over the former, um, simply because at least one provides you the opportunity to progress, even if you might not perceive it as much as other people around you. I mean, we're both. Because let's remember, it's also a team game. So even if you feel like a piece of shit, but your teammates are still benefiting from you, well, that's maybe not so bad, right? right? I mean, we're... But if you're a complete basket case and hopeless and holding your team down and unable to see that, I think that's probably a much worse scenario given the Yeah, totally. I options. mean, we're both uh, definitely people who err on the side of thinking about it too much, right? But... Yeah. Um, you know, I'd rather, I would rather err on that side than on the side of not thinking about it enough. <laughs> yeah, um, definitely. I just like learning. Yeah, what can you do? Yeah, well, guys, that's it for this edition of This or That with Phil and Pat. Hopefully you found this uh, entertaining and also educational, maybe a little. I think we went on a couple of tangents there that were probably more educational than, uh, yeah. than I had originally uh, intended, I, but I think it's, I said, though, it's I, totally I think, fine. I think people will forgive us for talking about useful yeah, things, definitely. you know, once in a while. Just to yeah. keep things confusing. <laughs> so guys, thank you so much for listening. Really appreciate all of you uh, checking us out. If you're listening to this on YouTube, make sure you drop it a like. Uh, that does help us out a lot for the algorithm. There's a lot of stuff uh, in 2024 that we're going to be doing with this channel. We're hoping that uh, we get a little bit more visibility, which would be awesome. So the more engagement you can give us, uh, the more, the, hopefully the more other people will get to see it. 
Uh, and so, yeah, so we really appreciate everything that, uh, that you guys are doing. Please, the channel. Uh, please help us defeat the YouTube algorithm. <laughs> yeah, and, the, it's, uh, a, it's a long and arduous battle, but uh, there it is, right? Absolutely. And guys, thank you so much for tuning in this week. Really appreciate it once again. And uh, that's all we've got. We'll talk to you next thanks week. Thanks for listening and see you next week, guys.